In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear saints of God, it was the Sunday before the very first Easter, the Sunday before Good Friday. It was two days before Jesus would teach his, have his last time of teaching in the temple. Four days before he would give the New Testament of his body and blood to his church. Four days before he would be betrayed and handed over to his enemies. And five days before Jesus would be nailed to the cross and die. That was the day that Jesus sends for a donkey and rides it into Jerusalem with children singing Psalm 118 and putting palm branches down in front of them. That's the gospel text, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And every year, I think, at least in my ear, it seems strange to hear it on today, the first Sunday in Advent. It's, it's almost like we're reading the wrong text. We open the, the lectionary to the wrong page. But it's right that we should hear this text. The church from very ancient times has heard this particular text at the beginning of Advent and the beginning of the church year. And while it might seem strange at first, there is a marvelous wisdom here. The four Sundays in Advent are given to us to teach us how our Lord Jesus comes to us. Next week, the second week of Advent, we'll hear of the Lord's second coming. How He'll come in glory to judge the quick and the dead. And, and, and we'll hear from Luke 21 where Jesus says to lift up your eyes, for your redemption draws near. Simply wonderful. Then the last two Sundays of Advent, we'll, we'll hear about the Lord's first coming when He took upon our human flesh in the womb of Mary. We'll, we'll hear the preaching of John the Baptist preparing us to celebrate Christmas. But this Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent and the first Sunday of the church year, is, is for us the comforting reminder and truth that Jesus still comes to us now. It tells us that Jesus is not absent. That Jesus hangs around. For we are people that live between the first and second coming of our Lord. We confessed in the creed, He ascended into heaven, past tense, and He will come again, future tense. But what about now? That, that's what we need. What about today? Where is Jesus for us? We don't need to just know this now. We need to know this every moment of our lives. And this is especially true because so many churches will teach us about an absent Jesus or a Jesus far away. Jesus is in heaven and watching from a distance. Jesus is hands off. This is wrong. We are today and every time we gather as the Lord's church. In fact, we are every day to hear the cry of the prophet that rings through this gospel text. These words, behold, your king is coming to you, humble. Behold, your king is coming to you, humble. Jesus stood before his disciples 40 days after his resurrection, ready to ascend into heaven. And he wanted them to know that his ascension was not a leaving. He promised them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And then this, behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
Jesus says, Hebrews 13, I will never leave you or forsake you. These promises are for you. Jesus will never leave or forsake you. His promise is sure. He cannot lie. Now you say, Pastor, my life now is a mess. Things have collapsed around you. It seems like your life is coming undone. Like you're the guy in the movie, it seems like there's always this scene in the movie. They escape the boat crash, and they're in the little dinghy, and the dinghy's taking on water, and the sharks are swimming all around them. It's, in, it's a time of despair. And you're here telling me that Jesus is hanging around? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. The word from the doctor is not good, Pastor. The report came back bad, Pastor. I just heard from my family and things don't look good. Jesus is not to be seen, but He is with you. He is right next to you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He will not forsake you. It might seem like it. It might look like God has left. But He hasn't. And we can know that because He promised it. And we can know it because, because God spent all His forsaking already on Jesus. Remember how it was when Jesus was on the cross. And He prayed, My God, My God, why have You forsaken Me? That was your sin that Jesus was suffering. That was your being forsaken by the Father. That was your punishment that you deserved, but Jesus was getting it in your place. All of the forsakenness that God had to give was given to Jesus. And so He can say to you, I will never leave you or forsake you. In fact, instead of forsaking you, God forgives you. Jesus dies for you. God's love for you is as certain and as sure as is the death of Jesus on the cross and His resurrection on the third day. And while the things in this life change, and some days are good, and some days are bad, and some days are very bad, this love of Jesus for you does not change. It is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. <laughs> Jesus gives us this certainty. In the midst of all the chaos of this life, He gives us this certainty that He is with us. Jesus is hanging around. But pastor, you say, I'm not so sure that's good news because I've sinned. And I've sinned big. And I know what you're thinking. If you've sinned like this, you don't want Jesus hanging around. When you know your guilt and your shame, and your conscience is giving you a daily beating, you're afraid that if Jesus were to show up, He would beat you even worse. I know the Ten Commandments, Pastor. I know what God expects of me. And I know what I've done. And so I know that it's right to think that God the Father Himself should be disappointed in me. But listen to the words of the prophet. They should ring in your ears. Behold, your King is coming to you humble. Jesus does not come into our midst according to His strength. Jesus does not come to us according to His power. 
He does not come with glory, with awe, with wrath, with terror. He comes with humility. When Jesus rides into Jerusalem, He does not ride in a war horse or in an elephant or something like this to crush His enemies. He rides in a donkey to put Himself into His enemies' hands. For Jesus coming to Jerusalem is going to His cross. It's going to His beating. It's going to His shame. It's going to His suffering for you. For your sin. We in Christ have a different kind of king. We have a king who is pleased to be called the friend of sinners. We have a king who says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And then we have a king who says, those who are well have no need of a doctor, but those who are sick, I've come to call not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Are you a sinner? Good. That's exactly who Jesus comes for. That's exactly who Jesus dies for. This is a trustworthy saying and deserving full acceptance, says Paul, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. St. Paul said these words, but we could join him. Chief of sinners though I be, Jesus bled and died for me. Do you see, dear saints, that the devil wants us to be so trapped in our sin and in our guilt and in our shame that we think that we have to pay for it. He, think, he, he wants us to think that we have to climb out of the pit that we've dug for ourselves. But this thought is actually the worst sin of all. It is an acting as if Jesus never died. Jesus did die for sinners, for us. So we will be sinners. Sinners died for by Jesus. Sinners who stand before Him only by His mercy. And because of this, because of the death of Jesus for us, we have nothing to fear. Jesus is here, not with terror, but with comfort. Not with judgment, but with mercy. He comes with forgiveness, with His body broken. His blood pours out. Jesus comes to us with His kindness and His love and His righteousness in place of your sin. Jesus comes as your Savior and your friend. Only the devil would tell you otherwise. So we learn from the triumphal entry of Jesus and from the words of the prophet, we learn what it is to be a Christian. We learn what it is to have the Lord's mercy. We learn what His kindness is in this. Behold, your King is coming to you today and every day, humble and having salvation. Amen. And may this coming of Jesus and His word of promise give you comfort and give you peace, now and always. Amen.